You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Medical files and alhamdulillah, while coming in fresh, fresh from the tarmac from his trip when he went to the Holy Lands. Our doctor Farooq Afiji had gone for Umrah and alhamdulillah, great to have him back. He's drank a lot of Zamzam water and he said, Hey Shafat, you know when we drink our Zamzam, what happens? Yeah, we all get that feeling, hey, my throat, my throat, but because he enjoyed the Zamzam so much. Well, uh, this uh, evening, uh, let's welcome uh, you and our Dr. Farooq Afiji with a hearty Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me, Dr. Farooq Afiji, how are you doing this fine, beautiful evening? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Shafat, and to your uh, listeners. Yes, we, we're doing fine, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, great to have you back, uh, Doc. And, uh, you know, it ties up uh, with our topic. Uh, we're going to talk about, inshallah, travel, and uh, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, uh, uh, the doctor will be discussing uh, traveling and precautions to take. But uh, there's it, uh, doctor. You are a perfect example. Uh, you've had your preparations. Uh, you took your injections and you were preparing and you traveled. You had a journey and, uh, you know, your your interaction with people. Talk to us about your trip, uh, doctor, and bring in the medical aspects also. Bismillah, doc. Uh, yes, uh, you you know, whatever trip you take, uh, you you need to prepare yourself for it. Like anything else, you have to, you just can't go. You have to prepare yourself in various ways. Uh, the, the first thing you need to do is to prepare yourself for your spiritual journey. Uh, and you need to find out what, what you need to do. Things have changed uh, in Saudi Arabia now. And, uh, uh, you know, you need to find out what actually happens and uh, how to go about doing things. Uh, it's not the same anymore. And you, need, you don't need to go there and get a shock and a, and a, and a disappointment. Uh, that's the worst thing that can happen to you because if you get disappointed, uh, then the whole trip will be a disappointing one. And you don't want that. You want a, a, a trip that is elevating, spiritually elevating for you. So you, you don't get disappointed. Uh, the, the attitude of the uh, people taking care of the Haramein uh, is now more about giving you a limited good experience. That's, that's the idea. From what I can see, that's what they're trying to do. Before... Uh, it was a milieu, it was just people going and pushing you and shoving you, and uh, you, you, you get caught up in big crowds, uh, and that alone has a danger to it, and uh, I think they are trying to prevent that. So uh, we'll come back to that a little later, because that's an important part of what you need to understand for those people who are going for Umrah. Uh, now, traveling, anyway, you need, besides the spiritual journey that you make to, 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 for, for, to visit Rasulullah and to perform Umrah, uh, you know, if, you, if you're traveling anywhere else, you need to do some research about the place you're going to. Even if it's uh, wherever, wherever in the world you're going to, you need to do some research for it, on it. And uh, uh, so if they, if they have their own regulations, you need to follow the regulations. You can't follow your own regulations and say, no, I'm not going to follow their regulations. You are in their country. Because you are in their country, they expect you to follow what they want you to follow. So you need, so if, if, whatever they say, you, you have to do. Otherwise, they'll tell you, don't come to our country then. Uh, so 
just check check the regulations. The travel agent will be able to help you. These days, of course, when you go for Umrah, uh, you don't need a travel agent. You can do everything yourself because the visa is online. Uh, you can get your visa within 24, 48 hours, uh, and you can book your own through, uh, through through the hotel. You can phone the hotel, or you can go through the booking uh, apps uh, and and get your bookings bookings done. Uh, and you can also get your transport done uh, by WhatsApp. And uh, the communication there is uh, also uh, is, is is much much better. You just need Wi-Fi to communicate with, with WhatsApp. So most hotels have Wi-Fi wherever you are, and uh, you you know you can communicate with Wi-Fi. You won't be able you you won't be able to com communicate with Wi-Fi WhatsApp uh, with Wi-Fi with uh, uh, WhatsApp audio. You need another program, another software program to go along with it. It's called VNP. But you can find out about that. If you have that and WhatsApp, you'll be able to make WhatsApp calls. So wherever you go, that's, that's going to be what it is in, in the world. Uh, so whatever the local regulations are, you need to follow them because there are particular reasons why they want you to do certain things their way uh, for their own public health uh, facilities and for their own public safety uh, issues. So... If, so uh, do some research about that, and then do some research about uh, where, where you're going to stay and how far it is from what you want to do. Uh, because if you're going somewhere, you need to do something. Otherwise, you you know you you are wasting your time uh, going there. So find out about the amenities that are available and how far you are, and and book book a hotel close by uh, so that you know, your traveling becomes minimal. Uh, because that's another issue. It's, it's very costly. It's absolutely costly now, wherever you go, simply because of the RAN uh, uh, exchange rate. Uh, that's what it is. Now, if you take Saudi Arabia, the prices are about the same, but the problem is it becomes expensive for us because of the RAND exchange rate. So, uh, you know, whatever it is, you know, you, you, know, you, you, you buy Attar, it's, it's 10 rands for the small bottle, 20 rands for the bigger bottle, 30 rands for the, for the large bottle. It's still the same. The price is still the same. But because the rand value is high, I'm just giving you an example, because it's now five rands to one rial, that Attar now becomes very expensive for us, simply because of the exchange rate. So in that way, everything that you look at Everything that you want to buy, the exchange rate is going to affect you in, in a negative way. Even the hotel rooms, your, whatever you buy from a supermarket, everything is going to affect you. That's why things become expensive. Now, going outside, uh, going to the, the Western countries like USA and, and UK and Europe, is even worse because the exchange rate is so high, 20 to 1, 20 rands to, to 1, 22 rands to one, so you can imagine how expensive it's going to be. So you need to think about that and work out how you're going to finance your, your trip and how, what you're going to do. Now, uh, uh, then the next thing you do after doing the research and, and you are satisfied, you picked a hotel that's close to you, you now think about your, your, your health issues, your own health issues. Uh, have you got enough medication to take? Uh, Make sure that you take extra medication because there may be some holdup with the traffic, uh, with the with the trip returning. Uh, your returning trip may be delayed by, you know, you should take medicines for extra medications for at least a week 
So if you're going for two weeks, you should take medication for three weeks, just in case your flight back is delayed for some reason. Uh, so make sure that you take all your medication, all your medication, because some of the medications may not be available there. And some of the medications are available with, with a different name. So you need to know the generic name. So don't take the tablets out of their packets and take the tablets in a, in a tablet container because you need the packet. You need, the, 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 you need to know the container. Uh, so when you go there and if something happens and you, you lose your tablets, for instance, your bag got lost and your tablets went with it, now you've got no tablets. So you go to the pharmacy and you say, oh, I need this, I need that, I need that. And they, they, they won't know what you're talking about. But if you if you take pictures of your boxes, that's a that's a good way to do it. Take pictures of your boxes on your cell phone, and you go there and show your show the pictures to the pharmacist. They will be able to assist you and give you something as something that is exactly the same or something that is very very similar. So you need to make a list of all your medications that you are taking with the names of the generic. Take photographs of 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 these, the boxes, the containers of these medications, uh, and, and, and now you're set. Uh, and I always think that one of your bags is going to get lost. So what you do is if two of you are traveling, put half your clothes in one bag and half the clothes in the other bag. So, and then the same way with the medication, put one, some medication in one bag and some medication in the other bag. You know, um, if, if it gets lost, at least you've got one bag. Uh, if one bag gets lost, you've got one bag with all the stuff that you need in it. So share the bag, uh, you know, equally between you and whoever you're going with. So that, uh, so that if one bag doesn't arrive, uh, you will have things in the other bag that you can use uh, as, until you find that other bag and the airline returns it to you. So, so uh, that's one of the things that you need to do. Now, now, if the, now, again, you need to look at the health requirements of that country. For instance, in Saudi Arabia, they say they need yellow fever and meningitis from all people coming from South Africa, and the flu vaccine is optional. Uh, so the reason why they're saying that is because meningitis is is endemic in uh, in in the east, and it's endemic in in countries like Pakistan, India, Bangladesh, uh, and uh, Burma, and all those places in the east is endemic, which means that. It is in the local community all the time. So some of these people who come from there, they come with the germ, and then and they can pass it to people who are who are there, who are uh, who, who come for for Umrah or even for Hajj. So uh, meningitis. Now you need to understand what meningitis is. Why they're so serious about it? Because this kind of meningitis presents just like a cold, sore throat, runny nose, body pain, headache, fever. That's how it presents. And you think it's the flu. But in the meantime, if it's meningitis, within 24 hours, it goes into your bloodstream, and within another 24 hours, goes to your brain, and you are dead. That's how serious it is. And because the recognition of it is so difficult for doctors and for anybody to say that this is meningitis. It, uh, this, is, this is the meningococcal germ that's causing the problem, the sore throat. So they don't know. Treatment is very easy. It kills a it kills a bug very quickly. But the problem is the recognition of this disease. That's a problem. Um, and so people die. Most of the people who get men, the many many meningitis bug, they die. Uh, most of them. 
And so uh, the, Sa the Saudi health authorities are aware of this, and they know they don't want this bug in the country. But, but if he's brought into the country by somebody uh, coming into the country, uh, then they will... They, 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 they don't want you to get it. And for, uh, for you not to get it, the best way is to take the vaccine because the vaccine is very good. It, it protects you virtually 100%. Uh, uh, and uh, as long as it takes on you and, and there's no problems in, in the supply of the, of the vaccine and the way it's, uh, it's transported. And, and uh, if you're okay, when, if you're well, when you took the vaccine, uh, so your body did develop an immunity, your natural immunity, uh, from the uh, with the vaccine. So, so uh, by by insisting that you take the vaccine, they know that uh, they they can they can they don't have to worry about you because if if you come into contact with a bug, you are not going to get it. So they 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 know that they are quite quite comfortable with that. Of course, all this depends on Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Whatever you get happens with the will of Allah. So if 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 that's what they want. And that's what you do, and and you still get the meningitis. Then, of course, it's it's coming from Allah Taala because you have taken the precautions uh, that uh, that you need to take. Uh, that's very important uh, to to recognize. Uh, then, uh, yellow fever. Of course, we are we are we don't have yellow fever in this country. So, so actually, I'm coming back to the meningitis vaccine. You are actually taking the vaccine to protect yourself uh, from getting the disease. Uh, you, you're not doing it because you're doing it because they want you to have it, but you're also doing it to protect yourself because you don't want to get the you don't want to get the bug. It is very highly contagious. So if you if one of you gets it, the rest of the family will get it if you are not vaccinated. Uh, so uh, it's 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 a it's a really it's a real big public health issue in Saudi Arabia, uh, and and people do get uh, meningitis in Saudi Arabia. People who have not taken the vaccine and said that they took the vaccine. Uh, that that creates a major problem because uh, then they don't know who's covered and who's not covered. Coming to yellow fever, yellow fever, we don't have a yellow fever problem in this, in South Africa, so we don't really need the yellow fever. The problem is the Saudis are saying that that if you come in from South Africa, you are going to pass through a yellow fever zone, and the yellow fever zone is the middle of Africa. So so uh, places like uh, um, uh, uh, places like Sudan, places like uh, uh, the, the West, uh, uh, the East, uh, Congo, yes, Congo. But we don't go through Congo. Nigeria, we go more. Yeah. Uh, we go to Nigeria. We may end up in Ghana. We may end up in. Uh, we, we may end up in uh, uh, Ethiopia. Ethiopia, yes. Uh, Ethiopia. Ethiopia is known for for yellow fever. To, to have yellow fever all the time. And some of us take Ethiopian airlines. And so, if we stop. If, if the, the stop is in Ethiopia, Addis Ababa. So if you go there to Addis Ababa and a mosquito comes and and bites you, uh, stings you, and that mosquito is carrying the yellow fever, you'll end up in Saudi Arabia with yellow fever. That's the that's the problem. And yellow fever again is a deadly disease. It'll kill you because there's no cure for it. Uh, it's caused by a virus. It'll kill you uh, the, the, uh, eventually because. Uh, the, the, the survival rate is very low uh, for yellow fever. So, so because they say that uh, if, if whatever you're taking, if you, even if you're taking other airlines which do not stop in Africa, uh, if they have an emergency and they have to stop in Africa for some reason, uh, you are now again exposed to yellow fever. 
so uh, because they don't want to take a chance, they don't want to have you there sick, and and they don't want to, uh, they don't want that that yellow fever germ in their country. They do have they do have mosquitoes there too, and they don't want that germ in their country. So they tell you, take the yellow fever vaccine before you come. Now, the yellow fever vaccine is a bit different. The yellow fever vaccine is made from live vaccines, live viruses. So you have to be careful with the elderly people and with people who have uh, uh, diseases that cause the immune system to be lowered. People on steroids, long-term steroids, I'm talking about months and years of steroids. Uh, people on, uh, on, on chemotherapy agents, and sometimes now they are using chemotherapy agents for, for pe people with lupus. Uh, SLE, uh, they take, they're using uh, chemotherapy agents for mild, mild doses of chemotherapy agents for rheumatoid arthritis and for other diseases, autoimmune diseases as well. So those people are, they have the the, the immune system is down already. So they need to uh, not take the vaccine, not take that vaccine and get a letter excluding, giving them some exclusion for that for taking the vaccine. And the Saudis accept it. They, they, they don't want, they know that uh, the elder, elderly people over 60 and people who with diseases which decreases the immune system or, or who are on medication that decreases the immune system, uh, they will exclude them. They will, they're, they're okay with it. Uh, but the majority of, of people will need to take, and the yellow fever uh, vaccine must be taken only once a lifetime, once in a lifetime. The meningitis vaccine, the, 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 the lower concentrated one lasts three years, the higher concentrated one lasts five years. Uh, so after five years, you need another one. So, uh, so they, are, they don't look for it at the moment. They are not checking the vaccines. And the reason why they do that is because there is no outbreak of meningitis in the country. But if they have an outbreak of meningitis in the country, they will check every one of the travelers coming in. And if, and if you don't have your yellow card, they will give you the meningitis vaccine at the airport. Uh, that's what they'll do. Or they'll quarantine you. They'll tell you, don't go to that hotel and stay there for two weeks, and then you can then come back into, come into the country, and then you can do what you want to do. So all your travel plans are going to go all haywire. Uh, uh, but at the moment, they are not checking. Nobody's checking because there is no outbreak at the moment. So, uh, so inshallah, when, when you go and whoever goes, and there's no outbreak, they will not check the, 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 the yellow card um, until something happens. And, and Hajj time, they're absolutely very careful about it because of the numbers. And there they will, they, they, they most likely will check the yellow card to make sure that you've had your, your vaccine. So wherever you go, now if you're going to a European country, uh, a, a Western country, um, like Europe, and you go to UK, and you go to Australia, or you go to, uh, America, USA, uh, they, their public health system in those countries has mostly got, got under control of diseases. Uh, and, and so uh, they, don't, they don't require you to, to have any vaccines. You don't, you don't need a vaccine. But check with the countries uh, before you go so that you, 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 you fulfill their health needs. Um, then you look at yourself, you know, having taken all your medications and making sure that you've got an extra supply an extra week supply of your medication and you distributed it between the two bags now you now you're okay you you at least you you you, you planned it in in that way uh, so as far as far as your medication is concerned then look at yourself and say look you you are going now and your need 
your health needs to be good for you to take advantage of uh, the facilities or whatever you want to do there. So if you wait for Umrah, you need to make sure that you are in good health before you leave. So make sure that your whole body is working well. There's no issues. Make sure you don't have a toothache or, 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 or some problem with the tooth. Get it fixed before you go. Otherwise, you're going to have to have it, have, have, go and see a dentist there, and you're going to be miserable in pain. And of course, that's going to affect your Ibadah. So whatever it is, if you've got an eye problem, check, get it done before you go. If you've got other health issues, if you've got a heart problem, get, it, get yourself checked. Make sure you're okay. Uh, that you can you can travel and you are you you're not you're going to be okay. Uh, all all of you know, just do do a health check on on yourself, and and some people have uh, the tendency of swelling of their feet, and and in fact all elderly people above sixty uh, should wear some kind of stocking uh, to to control the swelling of their feet while they are traveling, uh, and it's highly recommended that you do that. So. Uh, you you need to you, you need to use uh, tight socks or you need to use a uh, uh, fly stockings uh, or if you've got varicose veins you need to use a varicose veins stocking and that's very helpful absolutely helpful to you you put it on bef before you go and you take it off at you know, at your final destination uh, you take it off there and and what that does is compresses your circulation in your lower limbs your your your, your veins and of course, doesn't allow your feet to swell. And uh, that's one of the major problems that older people have when they are traveling seven, eight hours on a flight. Uh, during the flight, you need to make sure that you move your feet on a regular basis. Or if you can, if you're sitting in an aisle seat where you're not disturbing anybody, you can get up and do some uh, up and down movement with your legs, uh, with your feet, or walk around a little bit uh, to get the circulation going. And do that every half an hour, 45 minutes, if you can. Uh, if you are sitting in a seat where you're going to be disturbing other people, just move your feet all the time, up and down, sideways, uh, up and down, sideways. Keep doing that uh, every time you think about it. And that should uh, suffice to get the circulation from the feet uh, going up. Uh, and, and if you have asthma, diseases like asthma, diseases that require you to take an inhaler, uh, make sure that you've got it with you in your handbag or in, or with you in your hand luggage, uh, because you may need those things. Any medication you think you need on the way, you need to have it. Make sure it's easily available in your handbag or in your hand luggage. Um, and so you, and this is applies to wherever you go. If, you know, because we are uh, in the tip of Africa, uh, whatever distance you're looking at is a long distance. Whether you're going to Europe or whether you're going to America or you're going to for Umrah, you, wherever you're going, it's a seven, eight, nine, ten hour, eleven hour, twelve hour trip. Uh, so you need to make sure that you have whatever uh, whatever you need for the trip, medical wise, that it is available easily in your handbag or in your in your hand luggage. Uh, so um, aspirin doesn't really help clotting of the blood; uh, it's more for arterial clotting of the blood. Uh, but for venous clotting of the blood, we don't have anything safe, anything. We have stopped uh, uh, medication to stop it, but it's too dangerous to use on a one-off basis uh, when you're going on a, on a flight. So uh, that's why people don't take any medication for to stop the clotting of the blood. But this movement really helps, and the stockings really help. And uh, those are the two things that elderly people need to do. 
uh, to stop any clotting of the blood. Uh, then you need to, you know, if you, I don't know whether you, if you get air sick, you get motion sickness, you need to carry some medication with you to stop the motion sickness on your flight. Uh, take it with you in your hand luggage or in your handbag uh, so that uh, it's again easily available. Uh, then the other thing that happens is that because of the air conditioning system in the, in the plane, uh, you get dehydrated. You can get dehydrated by the time you end up on the other side. And, and dehydration causes weakness, dizziness, headache, and, and just tiredness. So you don't want to end up on the other side in that condition because you need to now get up, walk long distances in the airport. Uh, you need to um, gather your luggage. You need to find the taxis. You, you need to do quite a few things, and you don't want to do that in that condition. Now, this happens to young people as well. If you get dehydrated on the plane, you end up dehydrated on the other side. People usually don't want to drink too much of water on the plane because they don't want to use the toilet. That's the reason. But if you, if you, uh, if you just, you know, if you take a little bit, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. Don't drink a whole lot one time. <clears throat> if you do do that on, on an ongoing basis right throughout the flight, you'll find that you will keep yourself hydrated uh, until the, the the end of your journey uh, on the other side. So uh, that's also very important. The other thing that happens on a plane is that, again, because of the air conditioning, uh, you get you can get and the, and the dehydration. Your skin can get, become very dry, absolutely dry, and that can cause itchiness and that can cause a rash actually in some people. So uh, six to eight, nine, ten hours in a plane, uh, you, you know, you, you carry a, a moisturizer with you that you can use on on your face and your hands, exposed areas, uh, and apply it. Apply it every uh, two hours or three hours. Apply it on yourself, especially, especially on your face, because that's where the aircon blows, and uh, and you you need to keep keep yourself moisturized with some some moisturizer that you are that you are used to. Again, because of that aircon, eyes get dry as well. Those people who have uh, problems with dry eyes, uh, they need to take a eye moisturizer with them. Uh, and keep it in the handbag and use it on the plane because otherwise they're going to get a scratchy eye, an eye that's irritating and, uh, and, and it will cause vision problems. You won't be able to uh, focus properly. Uh, so, so rather use the eye moisturizer uh, to just smoothen out the thing so that you don't, you don't have that scan. Because on the other side now, you're going to go to passport control. You are going to go and check your luggage, catch your luggage. You're going to, you're going to, you know, you, you need to see properly. And uh, for that, you need to make sure if you suffer from dry eyes, you need to make sure that you are using the eye drops for dry eyes. And if you have a tendency to, to, to get dry eyes very quickly, uh, then you need to also carry it with you and, and use it on the plane uh, so that when you get on the other side, your vision is not, is not affected. Uh, Food-wise, you've got to, uh, you want to make sure that you don't eat anything on the plane that is going to upset your tummy, uh, because you don't want, again, to end up on the other side with an upset tummy. Then the, the less you eat on the plane, the better it is for you. Uh, the more you eat, the more problems you may have uh, as far as your bowel, your bowel is concerned. Uh, it may make you feel nauseous, it may give you indigestion, or it may make you want to go to the toilet, which is not easy to handle in a, in a plane. 
for us where we need water uh, and it's, it's a bit difficult. So to, to avoid all that, have as little water, as have as little food as possible just for you to survive the eight-hour trip um, and, uh, and, and be in some good condition to, to get there. Once you're there, then you can do whatever you feel like. There's no problem. But during the flight, you need just to be a bit careful with that. Sometimes some people end up uh, with, with diarrhea, uh, and uh, for that you need to take some uh, medication to, to stop it or slow it, something like Pascopan or Scopix uh, or, or one of those generics of it, uh, just to slow it down or stop it uh, while you're traveling. Because again, you don't want to have diarrhea while you're, while you're, while you're, while you're uh, traveling. And, and this applies to people who have a very sensitive stomach and who get diarrhea very quickly uh, from eating foods that are not suitable, or they, they know about it. They know when, when they're going to get the diarrhea, or they know what makes the diarrhea come on. Uh, they need to avoid that completely and take some medication with them. The general public, most of us, don't have to do anything about it because you, won't, you shouldn't get any diarrhea unless you have an illness like gastro, gastroenteritis. So, these are the precautions that you need to take while you're traveling, and this applies to traveling anywhere in the world. As I said, we are on the tip of Africa. Wherever we go is going to be a long trip, eight, nine, ten hour trip. Uh, I can't avoid it, unfortunately. Um, you know, uh, there's no other way to travel uh, fast in, 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 for us from, from uh, South Africa. Absolutely, Doctor, and Jazakallah uh, for that, uh, you know, very comprehensive indeed, but really adding uh, value with your hikmah, with your experience. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, I remember, you know, a few of my uh, young engineers uh, used to tell me, you know what, uh, Dr. Farouk Hafiji, he's uh, so tech-savvy. Those, uh, that was the word uh, the, they used, you're so tech-savvy. They said sometime, uh, Chef, he's so much like you that he can handle the board, he can do his own engineering and that. So that shows when it comes to AI, it's like a piece of cake for you. Now, you know, you get these apps now, Doctor, you can self-diagnose yourself, you can see your, uh, your pressure levels, your, what's your heartbeat or your sugar levels and what's happening to you. And, uh, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, you... Mashallah, you, uh, I mean, you've, uh, Allah give you, uh, given you the hikmah and, uh, you know, he's given you the uh, wisdom and, uh, you know, with your age, you've matured to such an extent that uh, uh, you matured at the highest level of AI. And uh, is it uh, advisable for people to have these apps to check the uh, blood levels and the heartbeat and uh, pressure and all that? What's your thoughts on that, doctor? Yes, yes. It's, uh, now, it's much, now it's much easier for people to... Uh, to do that. But remember, it's not accurate. It just gives you an idea. It's not accurate. It, mm. it gives you an idea. So it may be off a little bit, but it gives you an idea of where you are. So if your pressure is high, uh, you know, you know it, it will show a high figure. Then you know that you know that you, 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 your sugar, your blood pressure may be high. Uh, there's no test to do uh, uh, with uh, any, any mobile instrument. Uh, or uh, with any device, uh, but you can you can have your glucose monitor with you, and that's also not absolutely accurate, but it gives you a very good idea of what your blood sugar level is. Um, so yes, you, people who have diabetes should carry their glucometer with them, not in the suitcase. They should carry it in the hand luggage because you don't know when you are going to get hypoglycemic and when you are when you are going to develop a high uh, blood sugar level, and sometimes uh, the symptoms are the same. 
uh, you don't know. You can't tell sometimes whether you, your sugar is low or your sugar is high. The only way you can tell is to do a blood test and a finger prick test, finger prick test, and, and straight away it'll tell you, within 10 seconds it'll tell you uh, what your blood sugar level is. And then you know whether you are low or high. And if you're low, all you need to do is to have something with sugar in it, and, uh, and, and that should sort it out. But don't have too much, because if you have too much of it, it's going to go the other way, and, and your blood sugar level is going to be very high again. Uh, so so don't, uh, don't take too much of it, just a little bit to get your blood sugar right again. And test your sugar again, uh, your blood sugar again, in about half an hour's time to see where you are, whether you have achieved what you wanted to achieve. If it's high, uh, if it's high then you need to take your medication. In medication. That's another thing that happens when you're in a flight. Sometimes the flight is in in such a time at such a time that it is your medication time, and 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 if you omit that medication for some reason you don't want to take it on the plane, uh, then your your system is going to go off again, and you're going to end up with high. If you're diabetic, you don't take your diabetic medication while you're on the plane, and it's time for you to take it. You will end up with high blood high blood sugar and and uh, and its consequences. So you need to say to yourself that, look, I take my medication at 8 o'clock at night. So if you're on the flight at 8 o'clock at night, you need to take your medication at 8 o'clock at night, no matter what, what medication it is. Even people on insulin need to carry the insulin with them, and just before supper, they need to take the insulin. Uh, otherwise, if they say, no, I'm not going to take it in the plane because I'm, I'm, I'm afraid, but I don't know what's going to happen, uh, it's worse for you because uh, it may it may go the other way, and you you're going to make it worse for yourself. Have your blood have your glucometer with you, and test your blood sugar if you're not sure about where you are uh, as far as your blood sugar is concerned, and then adjust it accordingly. Uh, but you need to take all your medication that you need to take during the time uh, when the time arrives while you're on the while you're on the flight. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's 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 important to 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 observe all that. Uh, just to make make sure that you're, you're okay. Uh, the other, uh, you know, now of course, uh, Shafat, you know, you have to book your slot at Medina uh, to go into the uh, into the Rauda area, uh, the the the, uh, the area between Rasulullah's uh, house and his member. Uh, that area requires you to have a uh, to have to register on a on a and an app, and each one needs to register on the app, each one going. You can't register a group. You need to register individually and uh, and give them a, a, an email address and a cell phone number. And and that uh, that booking comes on the phone. And so when you go there and they ask you, and you go, for, you go to your slot, you have to go very early because it takes them about uh, half an hour, 45 minutes, sometimes an hour to organize people in a queue. You know what happens there. One queue develops and another queue develops, so they are very wary of that, and they will put you in line, and they'll make you stay in a queue. And and uh, to, for them to check the app to make sure that you are you are in the correct times, time that you are booked. Um, so there again, they, you know, uh, the, the reason why they're doing that is uh, for crowd control. Uh, remember, before we used to go to Medina and we used to wait in, in, in a, uh, you know, we used to wait to get to the other area and they used to allow uh, a group of people to go in and after about 20 minutes, uh, they would 
to take them out and then a new group goes in for 20 minutes and they'll take them out and a new group will go. And all they've done now is they have uh, automated it with an app. Do the same thing, same thing now. They've got a certain number of people that they allocate to an, a time, time, uh, time frame. So it may be, uh, you know, six, six to six thirty, or six thirty to seven, or seven to seven thirty. The reason why they give you the extra ten minutes is five minutes to get in and five minutes to get out. So, so you, your actual time there is twenty minutes. But with this now, you can actually go when you book yourself. And you know you're going to have quality time for that 20 minutes. Nobody's going to push you and shove you and, and, and do all kinds of funny things and leave Salah in front of you and all those funny things that happen. No, it doesn't happen anymore now because you have got your space and you can spend the 20 minutes of quality time uh, in the Rauda area. So that's what it has done. It has, it has created an, an opportunity uh, for people to spend that, that, the, the, that 20 minutes in Ibadah complete concentration without being disturbed. They will not disturb you, nobody will disturb you, because uh, they have allocated enough number of people for the, for the space that is there. Uh, so, uh, it, to me, it works much better than it was before. Before it was very chaotic. Uh, the advantage before was that you could go as many times as you wanted, because there was no control on who went in and who, who came out. Now there's control. Now they're saying that everybody needs to experience the other area uh, that, uh, that everybody that comes to Medina needs to uh, experience around the area. Uh, and so before, uh, the, the stronger people made more entry into the Rada area, the weaker people uh, did not get the opportunity. And some of them came to Medina, tried, they couldn't get through. They didn't even go to the Rada area and they had to leave Medina when the time came for them to leave without going to the Rada area. And that, that was happening to quite a few people who were, who were a bit weak physically and mentally. And uh, that, that uh, was not a satisfactory situation. Now, those same people can book on the app and they know that they've got a fixed time that they can go there. Nobody's going to push them and shove them around. Uh, they can go there and, and have quality time uh, of, of the 20, 20 minutes that they give you. And... Uh, that's and so in that way, everybody gets a chance to go to the other area. You need to make sure that uh, that app that you book uh, you book early because uh, the slots get taken up very quickly. Now, if those people are going for Umrah at the moment, the slot opens at at midnight on a Thursday night. So, so one o'clock in the morning, Friday morning, two o'clock in the morning, Friday morning, the slots will be open for the next week. And that's the time that you need to book early in the morning. For the time, Fridays, you open the, open the app and you'll see that everything will be green. You, you can book whatever time slot you want. But if you leave it to Saturday, Sunday, most of those time slots will be taken up and you won't get the time slot you're looking for. So again, the earlier you book, the, the better your chances of getting the slot that you want. Uh, you need to work out which slot is suitable for you, morning, evening, afternoon, whatever it is and make sure that you are there about an hour before your time. So if your time is uh, 10.30 to 11, you make sure you go there at 9.30, because as I said, the organization of the lines and checking the app, uh, it takes about takes quite a bit of time. And, uh, and of course, they do check the app. And those people who take a chance and go there without the booking, they pull them out of the line. 
and, and to take them to let them go. And they don't let them go away completely. They'll make them stand on one side. Uh, so some people miss their bookings. Uh, so because they miss their bookings, uh, there will there will be spots available for other people. So uh, they know that this person really wants to go back into the other area. So they leave them on one side and tell them to just hold on there. And then they they can't. They, as they look at the app, they they they're counting. And then they as soon as they come to uh, when the, when, the, when the numbers are all finished, then if there is space, they will allow pe some people to go in. But you're taking a chance there. Uh, it's not worth doing that. You got to wasting ibadah time by standing in the queue for so long. And uh, you'd rather just go there, have your quality time. At least you know nobody's going to disturb you. Uh, you make a salah, you make a dua, and uh, Allah Ta'ala accept, uh, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala accept. So that's how that app works. And I think it's, it's from, to me, it sounds like it's a more logical way of doing things uh, because you're giving everyone a chance uh, to visit the Rauda area. Whether, whether you are strong or whether you're a weak, physically weak person or whether you are, uh, you're mentally, you know, some unstable, or whether, whether you have mental disease, uh, somebody's taking you with, uh, and you know, you you book for them. Alhamdulillah, they'll also have get a chance to go to the other area. So uh, that's that's the app that uh, that is used to book in the other area. And of course, you know, these days you'll see, as talking about devices, you'll see most people have their uh, have their visas on their phone. Uh, they they uh, they do things on the phone. Uh, young people are very good at it. They know exactly what's happening where and and uh, and what's happening at the airport. And if there's any problem on the way, and what's the direction, and how far it is, and how long it will take you to get there. And everything is on the device. Everything. Shafat, they don't need grandparents and parents. Young people do everything on the phone. They don't want your advice, they will get it on the phone. And they will tell you the latest development on the phone. So don't look down on them, because they are, they are very savvy with their phones, and they will, uh, they will give you very, very accurate information, uh, very accurate information uh, from all kinds of sites that they visit, and uh, get, you the, get you the information that you need. No, absolutely, doctor. And I know them. Uh, they're very tech savvy. And Alhamdulillah, thank Allah, you and I. Hey, I think we don't need them. But maybe we want to advise they give us. We'll say, okay, thank you. I got it. And then we can handle it, uh, doc. I know how good you are. Juvi Masi says, Assalamu alaikum. Uh, really enjoying uh, Dr. Faru Kafiji this evening. He's my favorite doctor. She says, uh, Doctor, why is it whenever I travel and I go for my injections, my hand pains so much? I can't lift it for a week. Doctor, I think uh, many people go through that uh, phenomena. You know, when you're going for your injections or your yellow fever, your meningitis and all these malaria injections, your hand uh, doesn't lift up for a few days. Why, Doc? Well, uh, one of the commonest side effects of uh, vaccines is local pain, pain where the vaccine was given. Um, and usually it is, only, it is only confined to the arm, uh, and uh, that's all. It doesn't the pain doesn't is not found anywhere else except on the arm. So uh, and that lasts no more than forty eight hours. After forty eight hours, that pain is gone. And that's usually uh, the side effect from from vaccines. Um, and these days, vaccines are very safe, absolutely safe. There's not much not much problems with them. So 
you so you know yeah lifting the arm is going to hurt hurt for 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 the for the 24 48 hours but it shouldn't be more than 48 hours yeah, you know one of the things that can happen although it's rare is that you can get a secondary infection at the injection site so in other words other germs if if correct technique has not been used the person who's giving you the injection hasn't used proper sterile equipment then you you may get other germs being put into the muscle together with the vaccine. And those germs can, of course, start an infection there, causing an abscess. And that can cause arm pain, and it can become quite red and inflamed. And that usually needs to be treated. So if, if, the, arm, if the arm pain is there for more than 48 hours, definitely more than three days, you need to have it checked because there may be a secondary infection developing there, which is unrelated to the vaccine. Uh, this is something that is happening the, the, some germs have been introduced, uh, which we're not supposed to, and that's creating a problem. So that needs antibiotic treatment to get rid of it. Uh, and as I said, it's got nothing to do with the vaccine. It's just something that uh, that happened during the, the the injection of the of the vaccine. So I think that's uh, so. If, if that happens, then you need to have it checked and make sure that you take medication uh, to get it down. Uh, Mahmoud Aku says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, doctor, you have taken us through a fantastic journey. Allah bless you. I don't think anyone could have given it better than you. And Jazakallah khaira to Marka Sahaba, Mufti A.K. Hussain, and you, Brother Shafaz, for bringing on this powerful doctor. I want to know from the doctor, how long do these uh, in, uh, injections uh, last, uh, meningitis, yellow fever? I got my yellow card, but I want to know when will these injections expire? I had taken them quite a few years ago. Please, uh, doctor, advise. That's a good question from uh, Mahmoud Aku, doctor. Yes, it is, yeah. The yellow fever vaccine lasts for, forever. You don't have to take another one. If, you, if you've taken one yellow fever vaccine, it lasts forever. So that's nothing. So you don't need another one. As far as the meningitis one is concerned, uh, it, there's a three-strain one and a four-strain one. You take the three-strain one, it lasts for three years. If you take the four-strain one, it lasts for five years. Normally, now... Most of them are the four-strain one, which lasts for five years. So after five years, the immunity is down. You need another booster to get the immunity back up, back up again. Uh, so every five years, you need to take uh, an, another meningitis vaccine. Uh, so that's that's it. And the flu vaccine, of course, only lasts for a year. You need to you need to get a, another flu vaccine uh, after after a year. Uh, and of course, the flu vaccine. The contents of the flu vaccine changes every year, uh, depending on what flu is going around at the moment. Uh, by the way, talking about that, there is a new strain of flu that's going around. It started in China uh, a few months ago. And uh, this flu is, is not very easy to handle. It's very bad. Uh, and it causes high fever, uh, body pains, headache. Oh, it'll make you feel absolutely miserable. And the... And, and, uh, and the worst part is that after two or three days, you'll start feeling a bit better and you think you're over it. But in the meantime, it starts up again and, and with a high fever again and body pains and headache and sore throat. And then it goes on for another two or three days uh, and then slowly it goes away. After. So it lasts about, about 10 days. It lasts about 10 days. So if you are unfortunate and you get this virus as soon as you land, you're going to have this virus for 10 days. You're going to be sick for 10 days with a high fever, 
uh, with body pains, with a sore throat, and uh, you know, it's 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 not on. There, there is no vaccine for it because it's a new virus that has just come up, uh, and uh, it is present in Saudi Arabia at the moment. It is present in Saudi Arabia, so you have to take precautions. You have to you have to go to areas where which are not crowded, uh, which are not trying to avoid crowded areas. Uh, and you, if you see a crowded area, try and go and find find a find a space where it's not crowded. And uh, just to come come just to talk about that a bit, uh, Makkah is different now. Makkah has changed, absolutely changed. And so again, we mustn't get disappointed. Otherwise, uh, we're going to have a problem. Uh, now, uh, the old haram, the the the, pre, the, the original haram, uh, the mataf area and the first floor. Uh, is reserved for people who are performing Umrah. They will not allow you in unless you are in a haram. <clears throat> they will not allow you in. So that is reserved for Umrah. They are encouraging people to go to the new section now, people who are not performing Umrah, to go to the new section uh, to perform the Salah there. Uh, and uh, so that they, they, they've got crowd control. And, and Juma time, that crowd control is very, very active. Uh, and they have barricades all over the place, and they will they will direct you. And as you as you go along, you notice that the direction is towards the new section. The new section is on the other side of King Abdul Aziz Gate, uh, at the Umrah Gate, more towards the Umrah Gate. Uh, King Fahad Gate is reserved for people with Umrah uh, who are performing Umrah. Uh, King Abdul Aziz Gate is reserved for people who are performing Umrah. You just can't get in there. Uh, unless you have an Iram on. Uh, otherwise, you can't. They won't allow you. And if you go in there, the Mataf area is absolutely choked with people performing Umrah. And and now I notice that even the first floor is absolutely choked with people performing Umrah on the first floor. So you can see the number of people performing Umrah has increased drastically, absolutely drastically, which is news for us as a, as a Muslim Ummah, the more and more people are now going to perform Umrah. And after what has happened in Palestine, uh, uh, there is, seems to be a resurgence in the urge in, in the urge to go for Umrah and and uh, and for the for the, for the pleasure of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to worship Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and try and get the du'as accepted. Uh, and part of that du'a acceptance is to make du'a for Palestine. Uh, and so. Uh, it, it is absolutely incredible to see the number of people that are there. So in the Mataf area, they will restrict you from going to the Mataf area if it is full. And and as people come out, they will allow some people to go back in. And as people come out, they'll allow people to go back in. Otherwise, they'll close. They'll close it. You can. You just cannot get to the Mataf area unless you parachute down there. There's no other way. Uh, and the first floor. Uh, first floor again, as I told you, it is choked with people performing tawaf, uh, and the very limited space for people to 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 read salah uh, on the first floor. Uh, so the new section is open, and uh, that's where they're encouraging people to go. And so, if you are living in a hotel that's a bit far away from the new section, you're going to have to have, have you're going to be walking quite a long distance to get there for every. For every salah and a long distance to walk back uh, again uh, to perform salah. So try and pick hotels that are closer to the new section than the old section. 
uh, and that will help you quite a bit, especially if you're elderly, you have a walking problem, uh, rather pick a hotel that's more towards the new section rather than the old section. And in day, we found that the crowds are not thick. The crowds are thinner, sparser, easier to handle. And of course, infection-wise, coming back to it, you can you 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 don't get yourself into a crowded situation. Uh, it's 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 easier uh, crowd. It's easier to handle, and especially for, again for older people, people who have people who use walking sticks and uh, walking aids. Uh, that area is far better uh, than 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 the old section where the Zamzam towers are. And Abdullah, King Abdulaziz Gate is that's really choked up with people. Is absolutely choked up with people. Very difficult to walk around there. Uh, so uh, again, uh, you know, it's just a matter of uh, of looking at what's going on around around you when you get there, rather than just getting into the crowd. Just stand on one side, observe what's going on, see where people are going. If you want, you can get up onto a high, some high, some height to see what's happening around you, and and then make a decision about which way you're going to go. Absolutely, mashallah. Habib Osman says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, doctor. You make me feel so uh, comfortable when I listen to you. I enjoy your show from start to end. Doctor, whenever I come back from overseas, I'm always feeling uh, sick. But alhamdulillah, it takes me two weeks to get uh, better. I don't go see any doctor. I just make a lot of duas. Is this normal? Doctor, how you uh, respond to Habib Osman there? Yes, that is, uh, that is quite uh, a thing. And that's why... Uh, the time comes up when you go on holiday, you need another holiday to recover. Uh, so uh, most people have this problem. And again, the problem is with dehydration and the problem is with circulation that's not working properly for six to eight, nine, ten hours. Uh, that's what creates the problem. Uh, and so your body needs to recover from that. Uh, and, and usually it takes two or three days for you to recover from the dehydration and from the effects of the traveling. Uh, and of course, again, you must remember that wherever you went, uh, there's, there's been a lot of walking to do. Uh, you are physically tired, uh, you're exhausted, and when you come here, you need to re recover from that. And that takes you four or five days to physically uh, recover from, 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 from a trip where you, there's been a lot of walking. And now with performing Umrah, uh, and perform, uh, going to visit some and performing Umrah, uh, there's a lot of walking to do, absolutely a lot of walking to do. And of course, you come back quite exhausted, quite tired, and uh, you need to get that tiredness away and uh, uh, try to heal yourself, heal your muscles. Uh, that takes a few days. Uh, so, yes, and, and that... Uh, that applies more for us for, for Umrah because of all the walking we do. But wherever you go and you are visiting whichever country, unless you're visiting relatives and you're staying with the relatives and they drop you off the airport and, and then you don't have to walk very much, then you're okay. You can come back quite fresh. Again, watch the dehydration because that's what creates the lethargy, the tiredness, the weakness, the dizziness. Uh, that's what causes the problem. And, uh, and when you come back here, Make sure that you start drinking a lot of water, a lot of water. And that's what you need to try and get that hydration right again. Uh, let's make this the last question. Kasim Imbele, he says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Dr. Farooq Afaji, uh, Mubarak uh, on your safe trip. And he says, I will be going uh, shortly for Umrah. My boss wants to send me. I want to know about the travel insurance. Uh, do they have a uh, travel insurance in the Holy Lands? So maybe my health care 
can be taken care of. Doctor, how you respond to calcium imbele? That's a good question. Yes. There are two aspects to it. One is uh, travel insurance. And the travel insurance is only related to loss of baggage and also to cancellation of uh, flights uh, or, or serious delays in flights, uh, where they pay for your hotel accommodation and they uh, they pay for your for any inconvenience that you have for your meals and that kind of thing while you are delayed for traveling. Uh, and of course, you lose your baggage and they can't find your baggage. Uh, then they they will uh, they will pay you for that loss of baggage. Uh, that's one insurance. The other insurance is a, is a health insurance, uh, and that is compulsory to take when you're going for Umrah, uh, absolutely compulsory to take, and that is combined with the visa, with the e-visa, with the electronic visa, it is combined with it. Anybody who takes out the e-visa, the electronic visa, and that's the only way to get a visa now, you have to get an e-visa. And, and when you get an electronic visa, the health insurance is attached to it. So what you're paying for, the visa, the health insurance is included in it. So when you go there and you have a health problem and you go to the primary health care clinics that are all around the Aram, Aramain, uh, then you need to take your, your visa with you. You need to take your passport and your visa and show them your passport, show them your visa, and then they will treat you free of charge because that's your cover, your health cover. Um, so... You know, it's included in your in your visa. You don't have to take out any separate health insurance. Uh, doctor, really, I enjoyed uh, your company. I know uh, we enjoy each other's company, and the listeners are really enjoy you. Have your parting words uh, this evening. Uh, yes, we know. You know, whenever you are traveling, it's a fun time uh, for you. Whether we, whether you are going on a holiday somewhere, visiting relatives, uh, or, or you know, just taking it easy, leisurely. Or you're going for uh, for to visit Rasulullah going for Umrah. Uh, you know, it's a time when you really need to uh, be in a relaxed state of mind, uh, and you need to be focused, and you need to uh, adhere to regulations in that country. Uh, you don't want to get into any trouble on the other side uh, and have uh, legal issues on the other side. So just go along with the flow. Go along with the flow, and don't be, don't try and do things that you think you can do in your country and and uh, try and do it there because it doesn't work. Uh, so if you prepare yourself well, prepare yourself in all aspects of your travel, uh, make sure that you're healthy, make sure that you, you look after yourself during your, your flight and make sure that you, you follow all regulations on the other side. Alhamdulillah, you should have no problems whatsoever. With Allah Ta'ala's help, always, 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 with Allah Ta'ala's help, uh, we can get through the, the whatever difficulties we have uh, with ease. Well, this is a collector's item, it's a limited edition, because, uh, Doctor, you have documented it, and uh, this will go in one of your prized positions, that, you know, giving us your trip, and Alhamdulillah, really, uh, you know, it conscientized the Ummah. It was like the professori, the professori and um, a medical practitioner, and uh, someone uh, that's a specialist in his field, that spoke to his students uh, this evening. I really enjoyed you, and Allah bless you, now and forever. Doctor, you have a blessed evening ahead. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Time for us to go for the Isha Azan and inshallah we will continue after that.